Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. Jason, Matty Berflus said Sunday's win boiled down to one word, complimentary football. We'll break it all down, talk about the Bears' 30-12 win against the Raiders, and whether or not Matty Berflus can count to two coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, the Bears blew out the Raiders (laughs) on on Sunday at Hallis, or (laughs) at Soldier Field. I I can't say I saw this one coming. You know, the Raiders were starting their backup quarterback, but the Bears had one of their own. Tyson Bajant, and he looked like he wasn't intimidated. He looked comfortable out there. Uh, that's a pretty major deal, isn't it? He was fine. Yeah. He was fine. He was... Around here, fine is yeah, something. I am fine in your first NFL start as an undrafted rookie from Division Two. Mm-hmm. Fine is you know, very good. Like, fine is amazing. Right. You don't have to be amazing. Mm-hmm. To be amazing. If you're in his situation, it's a different, there's a different standard. There's a different grading scale for right. what Tyson Bajan was doing today. Him coming in there and being competent and confident is a huge win for the Bears. And while you can, you can look at this two ways, them beating the Raiders. The Raiders are not a good team. Nope. The Raiders are a sub-500 team. They've been averaging about 17 points a game. They have not beaten anybody good. They've topped 20 points once, and it's because they got a safety at the end of the game. This is a team that has yet to score more than two touchdowns in a game this season, playing their backup quarterback, and they don't even know who their backup quarterback should be, it doesn't seem like. So all of that, like, keep that perspective, yes. That is all that the Bears beat. That's all it is. However, I think to your point, that when do the Bears blow anybody out? When do the Bears just handle anybody? That doesn't happen very often. So for them to do that, even against a bad team, they're, at least they're doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, which we haven't been able to say. It's it's better than the alternative. The Bears, in theory, should have done this to the Broncos when the Broncos were coming off of a game in which they gave up 70. The Bears, in theory, should have done this to the Vikings when the Vikings came in after losing Justin Jefferson. Uh, the Bears weren't able to take care of business in either of those games, and this one they were, and that is worth praising them for. You know, I was trying to think of a comparison for Bajent you know, I, I think a rookie starting his first NFL game is that like what? Like the first time you drive after you get your license or something like that. And and if you're like a D2 guy, what is this? Somebody, I'm just thinking, is this a guy who never drove anything newer than an old gremlin and all of a sudden you give him the keys to a convertible? Is there some sort of comparison there that we can make between, I mean, quarterbacking Shepherd University against Colorado School of Mines that was his last college game. And quarterbacking the Bears against uh, the Raiders. Colorado School of Mines must be good because they beat Tyson Bajan. Yeah, they are good. Yep. For the championship. I was thinking about it, Patrick. I was thinking about being Tyson Bajan from this tiny town in West Virginia, playing in a small school, having so little exposure to this, and playing in a, in a game that is going to be on TV against people you've heard of at least. You know, Max Crosby, Devontae Adams. There's legitimate pros in this game. And standing here at Soldier Field and just looking up at the west sidelines and just this wall of people. Mm-hmm. These tears and tears of people going all the way up to the lights. And that would that would be a lot. That'd be a lot to absorb and stay calm during. 
And Tyson Bajan, Tyson Bajan admitted that he was nervous leading up to this game because, geez, who wouldn't be? Right. But he didn't look like it. Once it got going, he didn't look like it. And, again, he didn't do anything amazing. He didn't throw a single ball deeper than 15 yards down the field. He threw for 160 yards against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let's not throw a parade over this. But that's really, really good when you're an undrafted rookie making an unexpected start. You know what he didn't do? He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't no. didn't throw the interception that uh, that cost him the game two weeks ago. Didn't have a strip sack fumble that cost him the game two weeks ago. He was uh, composed. Uh, I, I get back to this with him, too. He's never, until this year, he'd never lived more than 10 yards away, or 10 miles away from his boyhood home. Mm-hmm. Like, just as a human being story, this is interesting. This is... Kid from West Virginia goes to the big city, and oh yeah, he plays for the Bears, and oh yeah, now he's got to start for the Bears, and oh yeah, now he won a game for the Bears. Yeah, he's a hit. It's it, it's unbelievable. Now, at four minutes and fifty four seconds on the counter here, we should make this caveat. Let's not get too carried away with this, right? I, you can do both here. You can okay. love, and you know this. Like yeah. you, I mean, you see this. Like you can love what Tyson Bajan did today, and. Stop well short of he's the franchise quarterback. Forget those draft picks. Forget Fields. Forget everything. It's Tyson Bajan now for the next 10 years. There's some off-ramps between those things. This is great. I still, if Justin if Justin Fields was fully healthy or healthy enough to play against the Chargers, the Bears will play him if he is, and I would want to see that. Right. I don't want to see Tyson Bajan playing ahead of a healthy Justin Fields, and I don't even... I don't even know how you can start down that path of a conversation about that after he throws for 160 yards against the Raiders. This was good. This was impressive for where Tyson Bajan is in his career. But Tyson Bajan is playing a different game than Justin Fields. Justin Fields is playing for, for everything. Just, Tyson Bajan's just playing to stay in the league next week. Right. And I think the best thing we can say, or maybe the most definitive thing we can say about Tyson Bajan is, boy, the Bears have to feel pretty good to A, get a win out of a guy who they just spent uh, just money on, no draft picks, and B, the Bears have to be pretty happy that you know maybe he is their backup quarterback for the next four years. That's okay. Or a, a tradable quarterback. A young, interesting backup is something the Bears have had never, probably. So overdue for it, Pat. Right. And this, this is night and day different than when Chase Daniel or Trevor Simeon or somebody sure, like that sure. comes into a game where – like, there is actually potentially a future here with Tyson Bajan. And, I, again, that future is he's a viable quarterback that you either have as a, as a backup or can trade. Mm-hmm. And, and I always point to New England. Over 20 right. years when they had Tom Brady, they brought in a lot of quarterbacks. Matt they, they Castle. Quarterbacks, yeah. They they developed quarterbacks, and then they traded those guys because they still had Tom Brady. Good sure. problem to have. Great problem to have. The question to me isn't, okay, does he play instead of Fields? Because I, I don't think he should question is, how banged up does Fields need to be for you to be like, eh, we'll give Tyson another week? Yeah, this is where it's going to get really difficult. And, and I, I wrote this, you know, let's say it's 70%. I think Bajent was usable enough Sunday that if you've got Justin at 70%, that's probably a conversation to have about, well, if we sit Justin, will he get up to 80% next week? And, it's, you know, can we roll with, with Tyson one more time? I mean, to me, that's about where the line is. Uh, maybe you know, seventy, you know, Justin, seventy percent. You know, uh, considering that 
so much of his game is carrying the ball, and it might be hard for him to carry the ball with a dislocated thumb. Yeah, I don't want to see him play if he is a liability for holding onto the ball or can't throw mm-hmm. as accurately as he can normally throw. So if Justin Fields, to me, Justin Fields, because of being a hand, he's got to be close to 100%. And you, you know Justin Fields, you know the background. If you've watched Justin Fields since he played at Ohio State, this, this isn't like a toughness thing. The guy is incredibly <laughs> tough. The guy's played through everything. Uh, a hand issue mm-hmm. where you can't throw properly, that's not an issue of toughness. That's an issue of functionality. Sure. And uh, Matt Eberflus keeps saying grip strength, and, and that's one thing that they're going to look at it mo- on Monday. When he meets with the team doctors, Eberflus said Friday they are not on the path to putting him on IR. They are not on the path to uh, having him have surgery. Those are two pretty good developments for the Bears. Uh, The question is now whether he can come back for the Chargers on Sunday night football. The Chargers lost to the Chiefs on Sunday, but hung in there pretty good. Certainly better than the Bears did when they played in Kansas City. Uh, Dante Foreman, to me, was probably, you know, beyond Bajent, the story of the game here. This is a guy who finished with three touchdowns, two on the ground, one in the air. His first ever receiving touchdown, by the way. but more than anything, brought a physicality to the Bears' run game that I think if you got some truth serum in, in Matt Eberflus, I think that's what he wants his football team to do is just pound the hell out of you uh, on the ground. And he even said after the, the game today, we got to be like this because of where we play. We play in Chicago. It's going to be cold and nasty in the second half of the season. Um, now, the Bears would be extremely lucky to play a single relevant game in the second half of the season. But uh, it, it seems like Foreman fits what they're trying to do. So every northern team has to play ground and pound. Nobody can be fun. Uh, how many? I don't no- know if I'm with them on that. But how many northern outdoor teams are there? Philly, the Seahawks, the Packers. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure I would consider the Seahawks there. How about Bengals, uh, Cleveland, maybe? But yeah, I mean that's the uh, it's the old football truth. There's still a way for it to be fun, Matty Rufus. It doesn't have to all be ground and pound. But but, but look, some of ground and pound is fun. I mean, watching watching him hurdle dudes today was fun, wasn't DJ, it? DJ Moore, who knows him from their days in Carolina, said, "Hey, great game, but um, jumping is not for you." He said, I, "I told him, you know, you stay on the ground. That's more your thing." <laughs> and and uh, Foreman did get knocked out of the game on one of those. Uh, yep. Times where he didn't like to hurdle the guy, but he did go airborne and got hit in the hip. But he came back. Yeah. Uh, that is, you know, as much as we want to like tease Matt Eberflus for saying, "I got one word for you: complimentary football." <laughs> I mean, that's what happened today, and that's what needed to happen. When you looked at this game going in, when you look at times where back like unheralded backup quarterbacks have gone in, mm-hmm. whether that's Brock Purdy last year, and I'm not saying these things are all the same, but. Brock Purdy going in for the 49ers last season. Nick Foles years ago going in for the Eagles. They were walking into situations where everything is working great before they get there. That was not the case here, but it was the case for the Bears today. Running game looked good. Offensive line looked surprisingly good given all the uh, adverse conditions for them, Patrick. Right. And the defense was good. And, you know, the Raiders are bad. Yep. But the Bears give up 30 points a game. And I went into this game thinking the Raiders average 17 points a game. Can the Bears just hold them to their average? Right. Could that just be a reasonable ask when you have an undrafted backup rookie quarterback to not put it on him that he'd have to get 30 to win? They did end up getting 30, although some of that was from Jalen Johnson. But this game being under control from start to finish with both the running game and the defense, 
that made this so much easier for Tyson Bajan. Here's my favorite thing about this game, if I'm the Bears. Third quarter, you get the ball with 12 minutes and 20 seconds to play. So uh, after the Raiders' first drive of the third quarter, you get the ball. You proceed to hold the ball, Jason. <laughs> um, you, go you, you, you gain 93 yards. Uh, you hold the ball for 8 minutes and 16 seconds, and you punch it in with a touchdown. That's how you play with a lead. You know, the Bears do that. You know, they're up 13 at the time, I believe. Uh, they go up They go up 20. They my go God, up. my God, you give me that score, you give me that drive against the Broncos at any point, against the Vikings at any point, and we might be sitting here talking about a Bears team that has four wins and yeah. maybe isn't very good, but is kind of like the Raiders, which at is, eh. In the bed. Yeah, which is, eh, we know they're not very good, but they're hanging in there. That sort of smothering drive... I thought was really, really impressive. That takes a certain sense of discipline. I think that takes really good play calling from Luke Getze, who drew up a couple of those plays on the whiteboard in the locker room at halftime. And I think it takes a quarterback who understands uh, that he needs to be careful with the ball and who understands that uh, that they don't need to rush. They don't need to push it. I, that, was, that was a smothering drive. And uh, I'm not sure we've seen a whole lot of those sorts of drives here. That drive began at their own 12 with a false start by Darnell Wright. Mm -hmm. So they start out first and 15 from their own seven, and they just move down the field, Patrick, 88 yards. Uh, well, the net would be 88 yards, but um, 93 yards from starting at the seven. No more penalties after that, not a single offensive penalty after that, and only two third downs. That's amazing. They kept converting second downs, just moving, moving, moving. Well, and the one after that, it ends in a field goal for them, but they – they run six minutes and 34 seconds off the yeah. clock on the next possession. You were looking at time of possession of essentially a quarter of football over two drives for them. You know, 816 and 634. That's, that is just, I, I thought that there was a, um, it was a nastiness to that that we hadn't seen in, uh, from them. There was absolutely a necessity to it. And there are some parts of this that you can extrapolate and say these are things that need to be in place for Justin Fields too yeah. because Justin Fields has not shown you that he can overcome all of these things when they're not going right right Justin Fields I'm not sure he's played a game quite like this maybe Washington played a game quite like this where everything was working in his favor beside apart from independent of his own performance right and then he played very well against Washington but Tyson Bajan walked into this team that didn't look like anything we've seen they looked like they were clicking in all facets, and all he had to do was buckle up and drive the car. Have we seen them bully anybody all year until today? No, and you were waiting. You, on one hand, you were waiting for it to turn on them, but on the other hand, like as opposed to the Denver game mm -hmm. and the Washington game, there was never any sign that was coming from the Raiders. The Raiders no. never – they never started throwing punches back. The Bears took the lead 7-0 uh, late in the first quarter, never trailed after that. I think they went up 14 nothing after the Tremaine Edmonds interception. That was like early to mid-second mid quarter. They were ahead double digits the entire game after that. Mark Potash just walked in. That wasn't a sound effect of a creaky door. It was actually the door here in one of the suites at Soldier Field. I'm going to have him sit down and talk to us about the Bears' defense. Briefly, Potsy, you decided to write about Jalen Johnson. He celebrated his pick six. By, telling, by making the uh, 
What was it? I'd, I'd like to hear you describe the, the motions that he made. I just thought it was, uh, the, I think it was referred to as the pay me, pay me gesture, right? Was he making it rain with fake dollars? He was doing the, like, yeah. this. Oh, okay, yeah. He was was at, basically, you know, counting out dollars. Do, yeah. do you think, th and it was a message to the Bears that he's in the last year of his deal and would like some money? That's exactly, that's, that's been his MO the entire, his message the entire season, that he thinks he deserves to get, even if he didn't have this, game the pick six and the interception he still feels like he deserves it so um this was a game where he uh made a couple of plays that frankly didn't change the outcome where they would have won right. with it without them but you know he's a guy who plays well and doesn't get the numbers so it's kind of fair for him to finally get numbers kind of as a reward for you know some pretty good work he does in general for the bears so it's a stat it's status quo i just you know after the roquan situation I just feel like the Bears want players like Jalen Johnson, but only at their price. Mm -hmm. And uh, if he thinks as highly of himself as he does, mm -hmm. I don't see how this thing really ends well at this point. The trade deadline is a week from Tuesday on Halloween. Uh, once again, thank you, NFL, for doing that. Uh, for, for a coach that preaches the ball, the ball, the ball, and that claims he measures everything in terms of ball production, Having Jalen Johnson as one of your better defensive players and having Jalen Johnson have one career interception coming into today, that didn't really jive, did it? And, and, and I wonder when we, when we try to evaluate what the Bears' evaluation of him is, don't you have to look at it through the Eberflus lens of, well, does he get me the ball? Because until today, he never really did. But, Pat, that's a real difficult measurement to make for a cornerback like Jalen Johnson, who he's had issues, you know, taking advantage of opportunities and getting picks, but also he's right. He doesn't get thrown at a lot. And there are times when, uh, you know, when, when, when he thinks he's, he's, when he, when he's not making plays he should make and, 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 uh, and other players, maybe not even star players have produced with him on the field. So I guess what I'm saying is not a as, as a non film watcher, it's really hard to measure. I think even for the film watchers, it's hard to measure exactly what Jalen Johnson's value is to an NFL team. It would be really interesting to find out what other GMs think of what he does, how they see it from their side. Uh, and again, we don't know, or I don't know. I should only speak for myself. I don't know what he's asking for. If he's asking for top of the, you know top five cornerback dollars, that's not going to happen. I get back to this. If you don't reward the young players you have who do well. What's the point of the whole thing? And, and you know, I, I know there are various degrees of, of how you reward him, but every GM I've ever met thinks that paying your own players is the smartest way to go about well, things. And Ryan Poles has not done that. Right. That, that's the lesson of Roquan, right? At some point, either in your mind or in actuality, you've got to overpay for what you have. Right. You just have to. It's just the way business is done. And that's how you kind of keep things going. It's, it's not the worst thing to overpay for somebody who produces. The question is, uh, Jalen Johnson really doesn't have even the numbers Roquan did. You, you just couldn't tell, you couldn't, you, uh, you could not see uh, uh, his impact. Um, you could not quantify his impact as much as Roquan. Even the eye test, you couldn't. The eye test really did Roquan well. I don't think it does Jalen Johnson quite as well because just the position he plays, it's just when, when your ball's not being thrown your way, it's hard to see what impact he has. So, but to the original point is, and I think it's a good one, is when you have players like him, 
I don't know if Cole Komet fits into this, but you've got to overpay. Maybe he's overpaid. I'm not sure or not how that contract. But you've got to overpay for production of the players who are producing, in my opinion, um, or else you're going to lose them and keep kind of re, you know churning this this uh, this draft pick thing all over again. Also, I think it's good for the culture of the place. Is yeah. When you show a, a yeah. locker room that if you do your job will make your grandchildren millionaires, that's a good thing. Mark, one more thing, and then I'll let you go. Devontae Adams made a big deal this week about wanting the ball. He got the ball early a lot, and then not so much the rest of the way. He beat up a little on Tyreek Stevenson and even a little bit on Jalen. What was their reactions to trying to cover one of the best receivers in football? Well, I think they think they did a pretty good job on him between the two of them. That was the interesting aspect of it was Jalen Johnson wants to shadow a guy like Devontae Adams. And um, and Tyreek Stevenson, I think, did a credible job. I mean, he uh, he, he got burned a couple, he, I, real, once early, but then he had a big third down play, I think, right after that. He did, and had, yep. He had three uh, pass breakups. Two of them were against Adams. I think they have to feel pretty good about him, but I still think Jalen, you know, even when I asked him about the job Tyreek did, he, he didn't have a whole lot to say about the job Tyreek did. <laughs> he wanted to cover him. He, you know, he wants that responsibility, and I think that helps going back to the original discussion. Uh, that helps his stature when he's known as the guy who shadows. And so they kind of dilute that. I think he feels like they dilute that uh, by not having him shadow the best receiver. And, again, that hurts his uh, kind of market, I, yeah. I guess. Devontae Adams, seven catches for 57 yards. Uh, that's roughly what D.J. Moore did. He had eight for 54. But Devontae was targeted 12 times, caught only seven. It's a pretty good day at the office for the Bears, I would say. No, no big plays, and I'm sure they're, they're, that's, a, that's a Brian Hoyer, I guess Aiden O'Connell uh, issue more than anything else. Um, is, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the Raiders just did not have the wherewithal to make big plays against a defense that's playing better, but is also kind of um, playing teams at the right time. You know, without Justin Jefferson last week, uh, without Jimmy Garoppolo, excuse me, this week, um, you know they're not whole and they're taking, but that's the NFL. The Bears are always like that. The Bears are victimized by that too. Now they're benefiting by it. Yeah, they didn't have their own quarterback. Two point eight rushing yards per carry for the Raiders. I believe the Bears the last the previous two weeks had combined to average about giving up about three per carry. That's a really good number, Potsy. If they can do that the rest of the year, they're going to finish as a top five rushing defense in football. And it's finally coming to fruition. That's one of the things that's been disappointing about Matt Eberflus, as we've always said, or I've always said, you know, his strength isn't even evident. You know, it's, it's the old naggy thing with the offense. What he's here for was not happening. Now you're seeing that more and more, the, that defense and that run defense where it all starts, making an impact. And now you're seeing not quite maybe like they, they like it, but still getting takeaways and what they call, you know, ball production. And, um, the momentum is is built. They're they're moving in the right direction defensively, and at the right time too. Because with Justin Fields out, uh, they had just a perfect recipe uh, to win at home. Next week, I think will be a much bigger test. I think Justin Fields will be back. I think he's a quick healer, but and I think the Bears will do will play him if he's just able, okay to play. That's all I think. It's all they need. Seventy percent was the over under. I'd I'd given Jason if if it's Justin at seventy or Tyson yeah. Bajan, yeah. Uh, What would you rather? That? Well, I would rather have Tyson Bajan no matter what, uh, just to see what he can do. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I mean, uh, unless 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 Justin Fields is a hundred percent, which I don't think he would be, you know, two weeks after that injury. But if he's not a hundred percent, I would just like to see. I saw enough from Tyson Bajan today, even in a limited role. I'd be, 
uh, I would just be curious to see what he can do. See if uh, you know against I think a better defense, against a better offense, he's going to need more points. Now that doesn't fit into their thing because they want you know they, they want Fields obviously, but I, I'd be I'd be curious to, curious enough to see that. But I really feel like Fields will start just based on past experience, the way he has recovered, and also that the Bears will play him. You know they won't say like you were saying, so, you know, if you seventy percent might as well play. You know, might as well play the uh, page and see what you got. They don't look. I just don't think they look at it like that. They think uh, uh, Justin Fields is their guy, and if he's uh, 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 if he's just cleared to play, I guess would be right. the the uh, the standard uh, that he will play uh, against the Chargers. Yeah, and I, I wonder if you had to bet your life on trying to beat the Chargers. It, certainly, Fields has a bigger upside, but. Bajent, if you were if you went in and figured you wanted to take the air out of the ball and not make any mistakes, which a lot of what they did uh, yeah. here today, maybe that's a path. But it, I just don't think playing this style of football beats a good team. No, and I don't think it does. And that's why I'd be curious, uh, just as a, an observer, I'd be curious to see just what would happen if they put Bajent in. Because I don't think I, I think Bajent has room for growth. I think he can expand his game. Now, I wanted to ask him, I didn't get a chance to, you know, how, what, what did he feel about this game plan? You know, if he feels like, you know, if this boxed him in at all, you know, I, mean, I got I to gotta think a guy like that, as confident as, as he is, feels like, hey, we, you know, he's not going to be throwing it downfield, uh, you, know, um, you know, like, uh, you know, for, for big plays and stuff like that. Um, you know, like the old AFL or whatever, not going to be throwing a ball around like that. But on the other end, I think there's an in-between. I think he feels like, I imagine he feels like he can expand it a little bit. And I think a game against the Chargers, a better defense where you need more points, would give them an opportunity to see that. I just think it's a curiosity factor still. I agree. Bajan wasn't so good today that you say, that it didn't create the controversy that I thought uh, a good Bajan, a win with a, an efficient Bajan performance would do. I don't think it, I don't think it really did that. Um, but I still think it was intriguing enough to at least see what he's got and, and, and see what the Bears got. Um, so, so I guess we'll see. Yeah, two big games coming up, uh, first in L.A. and then in New Orleans. Potsy, we will be back later in the week to talk about whoever's playing quarterback. Uh, I think we might mention the name Khalil Mack more than once uh, and uh, break down everything else that's going on with the Bears. For Jason Leisure, who is about 20 feet away and waving to me, although it is an audio medium, uh, and Mark Potash, I am Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.